Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. I have a sad story to tell you. It may hurt your feelings a bit. Last night when I walked into my bathroom, I stepped in a big pile of shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Shave every day and you'll always look king. I think I'll break off with my girlfriend. Her manners are rude, I admit. Each time I say, darling, I love you, she tells me that I'm full of shaving cream. Be nice and clean, shave every day, and you'll always look keen. And if you were a Dr. Demento fan, well, 50 years ago right now, he was playing that on KPPC in Pasadena, California, and then he went to the Mighty Met on KMET, and it syndicated a couple of years later, and Benny Bell became a big deal all over again. He wrote it in 1946. His grandson is writing now, and Blowing in the Wind is a wonderful novel. Nine-year-old Daniel Hillman, a musical prodigy on Long Island, knows he'll be the first preteen in history to write, arrange, and perform his own hit album even though there are many other things he'd like to do. He knows his older brother Stephen will be the first teenager to circumnavigate the globe, and he knows his sister will be destined to become something great, even though she's crying almost every day in school and is an emotional wreck. So it's your basic family, and it's your basic family story. And I got to admit, when I first saw this, I said, am I going to like this? Because it's not the kind of thing I would normally read. And I was just spellbound. And so uh, Joel said he'd uh, join us. So Joel Sandberg, welcome to WGN Radio. Thank you very much. Can you hear me? I absolutely hear you loud and clear. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. And I hope you're staying relatively sane. Yeah, well, saying I don't know about, I think my mind packed up and left me years ago. But, uh, you know, clearly I'm playing Benny Bell there, and we won't spend too much time on your on your granddad. But when uh, when Dr. Demento was uh, all the rage playing that almost weekly, were you a teen at that point? Yes, I was, uh, I was about 15. And uh, as a matter of fact, when my grandfather uh, had his, his career resurrected like that, as, as you alluded to, uh, I got a chance to meet some famous people, including Dr. Demento, and including Weird Al, and including the famous New York disc jockey Bruce Morrow, who appears in this new novel, Blowing in the Wind. Um, you, you read it, so you know that scene where Daniel goes oh, yeah. to see Cousin Brucey up in the studio. That is based on something that really happened. I did that. I'm not saying that I'm Daniel, the main character right. of the book, but I did that. I took a cassette of my own songs up to Bruce Morrow to see if I can get him to play it. And did uh, did WABC really return it to you unheard? They did. They oh, a nice no. warm letter, no. uh, legal, very legalese, just, just like what happens in the book. Oh, that that had to be crushing. It was, which I guess is one of the germs of the book of why I ended up writing this particular story. So we know you now as a writer, but originally, were you planning to be a songwriter? That's an interesting question, only because that that gets to the heart of the novel, being that how do you decide what to devote your 
your life to once you become an adult. That That's what this book is all about. That's Daniel's journey to try to figure that out. So the answer to your question is, uh, like most kids, I went through, you know, 10, 12, 15, 18, 26 different kinds of ideas of what I wanted to be when I grow up. But what I think I finally realized as I got a little bit older was that it all had to do with wanting to explain it with words. So in other words, if I wanted to be a, um, a, a, a magician, for instance, it's only because I wanted to write about magicians. And if I wanted to be a, a fireman, it's because I wanted to write a movie about firemen. Everything always came back to wanting to tell stories about it. So I think whatever, you know, we could talk for years about destiny and predestiny and, and what makes you want to be what you want to be. With me, I think that ever since I was five or six years old, I wanted in some way to become a writer when I grew up. And you certainly have done that uh, across the board and admirably. Uh, now, uh, it's interesting because uh, in that uh, realm, wanting to tell that story, that's really a lot of what your granddad was about, wasn't it? About telling stories? His, his yeah. main goal in life was to make people smile. He knew that life was tough, life was difficult. He went through, you know, the whole depression thing and and uh, because of some unfortunate events in his career, he ended up being a very stubborn and suspicious man and, and ended up being his own manager, his own agent, his own publicist. And he, that's why he had the odd career that he had, but he never gave up and he never wanted to do anything else. So, yes, you're right. He spent his entire life telling comic stories through songs. Yep, that's what yeah. he did. I can just, every time I hear that song, it, it takes me right to the Borscht Belt. And I, I think about that time in the 40s, which was, which was just so priceless with, uh, with, with all the, the comics and storytellers. And just, uh, uh, just a marvelous point in time. And I think that uh, the suspicion your, your granddad had uh, was uh, uh, certainly well-founded. And unfortunately, not just him. The, the stories were always about how those who could entertain very often were uh, were used in ways that weren't to their own financial advantage, and that you know that's across the board. It was part and parcel of that, and really unfortunate. But in spite of that, he certainly released a lot of material. Now let's talk about you as far as that goes. You had uh, you had Benny as a granddad, so you knew from the get go how how things could turn out. How did you protect yourself? How did I protect myself against becoming the next Benny Bell? <laughs> well, no, not so much that, but against being taken advantage. Because, you know, as you know, as a writer, uh, the, the deals can vary widely in how the proceeds will be distributed. Here's how I did it. One, I took lessons from him, and I decided not to be so suspicious. I decided to trust people more than he ever trusted people. But number two... I also decided to live by my own credo, which is that, um, and I won't use the, the shaving cream word, but if you throw enough stuff against the wall, a couple of things have got to stick somewhere along the line. So for the last 30 or 40 years, I've just been pounding out stuff as much as I could, books and plays and articles and op-eds and you name it, and I've written it. And that way, even with the disappointment here and there, or even with the less than admirable way that I may have been treated by an editor or a publisher, even with all of that, at least there was some other stuff that made it through and made me proud to uh, 
to do what I was doing. That's that's how I that's how I insulated myself against the sort of things that affected my grandfather the way they did. What percentage of blowing in the wind would you say is autobiographical? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> There are, you can count the episodes that actually happened to me on two, just under two full hands. Okay, all right. <laughs> several, there were several, there were about a dozen things that actually happened, but the overall thematic structure of the search and of the realization, here's the thing, if I may, it's what it's Daniel goes through Daniel goes through a lot, right? I mean, you know that. Yeah. And and he is a very talented, very talented songwriter, pianist, guitarist, and everybody tells him that he'll be famous one day. So he grows up believing he'll be a musician. But here's the thing, and this is what's me. This is an answer to your question. Okay. Here's what's me. Daniel discovers, as I discovered growing up, <laughs> that the country changes that moods change, that people change, that people come and go in your lives, and that things happen. And it makes you wonder, are you born with a professional predestination, or does it just happen somewhere else along the line? That is me. That's the book, and that is me. Interesting. Now, what I thought was fascinating about this is the family dynamic. There were so many players in that, uh, some of whom I could see were, were Daniel's greatest allies, but a lot of them I thought, well, it's a wonder he didn't take to drink earlier. You know, uh, I, I would think that setup was uh, probably, again, to the, to the offspring of the Borscht Belt comics and things of this nature, maybe that was common, the, those extended families as they were. But boy, uh, that, that certainly seemed difficult to navigate to me. I would also like to think that part of that has to do with the same thing that Daniel went through, all of these other characters go through. Things happen that you don't expect. You can't plan your life out from the beginning. One year is different from the next. It could be a completely different shape and color and tone. And I think that's why some of the people that you're referring to in the book, his mother, his father, his both grandparents, both sets of grandparents, things happen to them too. Some things happen to them before the story in the novel actually begins, as you, yeah, as right, you read. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, I, and I, some I, of that doesn't come, doesn't manifest itself until later on when other things happen. It's like dominoes. You know, one thing happens and then something else happens. So, you know, I built that not only into my main character, Daniel, but I built that into everybody else. And and once again, there's a little bit of my real family in some of the members of Daniel's family. Oh, so I got to ask, my favorite family member was Uncle Nat. Wow, isn't he cool? Yes, yeah. Yeah. How much should we say about Uncle Ned? Well, let me. He's a very enigmatic character. He's a lot like the Richard Dreyfus character in the movie Lost and Play, Lost in Yonkers. I don't know how much of your audience will know that, but uh, um, he is. He's a composite of two or three actual real life family members. Interesting. Now, yeah. you've uh, you've also done uh, five nonfiction books, and when you're talking about uh, uh, the, the kind of dynamics that led to Daniel's upbringing and all that, I had to relate to some kind of lonely clown, uh, the Karen Carpenter story, because talk about dynamics that affected a woman. Why did you decide you were going to write about her? 
in that particular book, in that other book? Well, yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful question. Um, what happened was that uh, my daughter, when she was first got out of college, had her first apartment in Brooklyn. At that time, which is several years ago now, there was a trend to uh, frame old album covers and hang them up in your apartment. Yes. Well, she borrowed a bunch of mine, and one of those that she borrowed was the first Carpenter's album. Actually, the second Carpenter's album, but the first one that everybody knows about. And um, I hadn't listened to them since, since the early 70s. So we're talking, you know, 30 or 40 years in between. And I started listening again and became re-mesmerized with Karen's voice and started reading up on her. And uh, all that was out was one autobiography, not autobiography, one biography by Randy Schmidt. Right. But I wanted to delve a little bit deeper. I wanted to tell more than just the story of her life. I wanted to explore what happened and, and pose some questions and speculate a little bit. So that's why I did my book, which was Some Kind of Lonely Clown. And it is available on Amazon, as is Blowing in the Wind, which you can get for free on a Kindle or four ninety nine to uh, to buy it. And uh, the easy thing to remember is Joel Samberg, S A M B E R G, and you can search it that way. Blowing in the Wind is the novel, and thank you for writing it. Can't wait to see what you got next. Oh, I appreciate this so much. I hope everybody enjoys it. You know, Karen Car- Carpenter does appear in the novel, too. You realize that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you betcha. She makes a cameo appearance as, yep. as a young Billy Joel and yep. even Hillary, Hillary Rodham. Is <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I knew that's where you were going. As soon as I saw that airport scene, I said, oh, no. And sure enough. <laughs> all right. Well, there all you right. are. So, so right. thanks, thanks for joining us, Joel. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Stay well, stay safe. You too. You too. All right. All right. So Blowing in the Wind and Amazon.com, and it's S-A-M-B-E-R-G. Benny Bell was actually Benny Samberg, as far as that goes. And, uh, yeah, shaving cream brings back all sorts of memories, and these books will at, as well.